focus incrementally on the the, the process because that's really how we need to redefine entrepreneurship and small business ownership. When we think about entrepreneurship, so many of us think about, I own a business. And that's faulty logic to begin with, because businesses very simply are collections of people and processes that move towards a desired end. Focus on your process. Get better every day. Don't worry about the big goal minute by minute. Get better every day and pick intermittent, intermediate goals. Welcome to Too Legitimate to Quit, instantly actionable small business strategies with a pop culture spin. I'm your host, Annie P. Ruggles, and my guest today is the brilliant Bryce Conlon. Bryce made the move to entrepreneurship in 2008, founding a video production company that would eventually be the narrative advantage. A storyteller in his own right, it is his acute business sense that has afforded him an invitation to collaborate with some of the world's most prestigious brands. With an established reputation as a strategic storyteller in corporate America, Bryce is on a mission to help leaders leverage their unique stories into greater achievement and influence. In his free time, Bryce is prone to enjoy a good bourbon, old-timey bluegrass music, and writing bios in the third person. So without further ado, let's jump into it. Welcome to Too Legitimate to Quit. Bryce, I have basically made you promise me that you are going to go on a beautiful soapboxy rant tear of wonders right now. No pressure. But what do you think small businesses need to know today? Here's the thing. I've been a small business owner for my entire career. And the thing, the thing that trips up small businesses is a lack of persistence. Ooh. Right. And and it goes a little like this. Small business owners uh, generally, well, they become small business owners one of two ways. A, they have a really great idea that they're super passionate about and they want to take to the market. Mm -hmm. B, They have a job that they absolutely despise and they're looking for any excuse to escape the cube farm. Yeah. Right. Or they get laid off. Or they get laid off. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I guess there's three. Right. Um, And so we've got these ideas and we're, you know, we're talking about them and we're excited about them and we're going after them. And it's this, this time of exhilaration, right? It's just everything feels, there's an energy about it. You, your appetite diminishes, you're staying up later. The brain never shuts off. Right. You can kind of, kick caffeine to the curb for a minute because you're just living on this adrenaline and the dream of what, of what will be. (laughs) And then you go to market. (laughs) And all that adrenaline and all of that dream just turns into a soul sucking vortex of sadness. That's right. (laughs) And then you go to market and you spend, you know, you spend all this time building your logo. You know, you hire designers and you get really caught up in it and you're picking colors and fonts and 
you know, crafting the messaging and building a website and doing all these things. And then you, you announce it to your, you know, your, your tribe of, you know, 30 Facebook friends that actually, <laughs> frankly, give a shit about what you do professionally. Yep. And nothing happens. It's just crickets, right? Yeah. And, and this is, this is the real beginning, I think, of entrepreneurship, of, of small business leadership. This is the moment where you have the choice to rise or to abandon ship. And, and it's really, it is just that it's a choice. And I think the thing that gets in the way more often than not is a simple lack of persistence. You have to do more than you think you have to. You need to put in more effort than you think it's, you know, than you think it's going to take. Uh, it's going to take far more time. It's going to cost more money, even doing it cheaply than you think it's going to cost. And frankly, you need to talk to way more prospects than you think you need to talk to, to land a client. And I, I hear this all the time, right? And you've seen the logic, even conservative logic kind of goes like this. All right, we're going <laughs> to, sorry, I'm laughing just <laughs> thinking about this because this is so true. We're going to show our product to a hundred people, oh, go hundred meetings. You go, okay, great. And if 20% of them buy, then, then we're, we're, we're good. We're in business. And you go, okay. And you run your numbers and you figure out the price point on your, on your small business offering. You're like, so yeah, we need 15% to buy. So, so if 20% buy, like we're super golden at 15% buy, it's great. And then somebody in the room or that little voice in the recesses of your own head goes, yeah, but what if it's not that high? And, and you kind of go, yeah, you're right. Let's be conservative. 10% will buy. We'll show it to a hundred people and 10% will buy. <laughs> and everybody kind of like nods in agreement. You pat yourself on the back and you, you know, you go pour yourself a, a glass of wine for a job well done. Yeah. For being so thoughtful and conservative. <laughs> That's right. Because you are a smart, savvy business owner. Yes. Look at you. You're doing a range. Your range is between 10 and 20% right out the gate. Really? Right. And it's, I mean, it's delusional, right? Anybody who's been in business for more than 12 minutes can tell you that, that, you know, maybe that is true. Maybe your product or your offering and your messaging and the way in which you pitch is just so exceptional that you can legitimately close 10% of the meetings that you have. It's possible. It's not impossible. But the number of people that you need to talk to, to set 100 meetings to demo your product to pitch is way more than 100. Then we're using like nice, easy round numbers, right? Right. I, I don't know what it's going to be for you and what your close ratio is. But we, what we see happen again and again and again is the small business leader, the small business owner, they get out there, they try to sell something, they hear no. They try to sell something, they hear no again, a second time, a third time, a fourth time. And then the brain starts to get curious and it starts to wonder. Maybe I'm in the wrong business. Maybe I need to, maybe it's my website. Let's oh. redo the website. It must be the logo. <laughs> they the don't logo. like that blue. I need to go three codes <laughs> to the right on the blue. Maybe if I do more of a blue green, maybe right. if I, I mean, that's the thing is we, we make these foundational decisions like logos and websites and stuff like that. And they're super important. They really, really, truly are. But then that's the kind of band-aid that we continue to apply when things aren't working. But like to your point, a lot of the time we don't really even give things ample time to see if they're working because we assume early rejections will stick. And one of the things that used to drive me nuts, so you and I met back in a weird part of my life when I was working in software, 
One of the things that used to make me absolutely batty is that people would get like one piece of critical feedback and then want to throw every piece of progress out the window. And what I see now with clients is um, niche hopping, right? Like, okay, I am going to be the this for single moms over the age of 40 and under the age of 45. Okay, well, that's not going to work. Throw the whole business out. I am now the completely other thing for single moms between 32 and 37. And it's like, oh, I see where you're going with this, but I think you're looking at the wrong factors, right? Yeah. I mean, growth is growth is iterative and we have to remember that. And success and failure are not binary. And, and that's how we see it, right? We judge the world oftentimes in terms of right and wrong, good and bad, Democrat, public, Republican, right? I mean, it's these binary switches. It's on or it's off. Yep. And the truth is that nothing in life is that simple. There are so many shades of gray between the black and the white that if you want to find any meaningful, measurable success, you have to get into the gray. You have to get into this messy kind of convoluted. It's confusing. A friend of mine uses uh, an example all the time from the Epic of Gilgamesh. Oh, love it. Okay. So, you know, so for those who don't, Gilgamesh is, Gilgamesh is, (laughs) I did not think we'd be having this conversation. You know, that's the beauty of this podcast. We just go where we need to go. Even to Gilgamesh. Even to Gilgamesh. So Gilgamesh, if you don't know the Epic of Gilgamesh, it's it's basically, it's one of the oldest pieces of like written prose that we as human beings have. And it basically, I love it for a couple of reasons. One is that it does not, it doesn't, as old as it is, it doesn't address anything that we don't presently address today, right? It's this need for significance. It's this need for to be remembered and to have an impact. And these are all the things that, by the way, when you're starting a small business are top of mind, you know, right. you want to build something ideally that lives beyond you. Legacy, yeah. legacy. And so in this epic of Gilgamesh, he has to go into, uh, he has to dive into a swamp to battle this, this swamp monster named Grundle, right? He has to dive into the swamp. And it's dark and it's confusing. And most people who dive into the swamp never come back. And Gilgamesh dives into the swamp and he ultimately, I, I'm going to spoiler alert. He, <gasps> he emerges victorious having slayed, uh, having slayed Grendel. And so it's, it's this very small business, business leadership of, of all kinds. It doesn't matter if you're leading a gigantic, you know, monolithic, corporate 100, you know, fortune 100 gigantic business, or if you're starting today in terms of uh, your own entrepreneurial journey, your own small business leadership journey, you have to be willing to dive into the swamp mm-hmm. where it's confusing and it's dark and you get turned around and the, the, the bad guys show up from all directions, right? And you never really know where it's coming from, but that's where you find success. That's where you are able to begin to make heads and tails of these small iterative victories that move you forward. Throw out this idea of failure. It doesn't exist. I actually love that in that I read a book and I'm going to butcher the name of the book, but it's something like think like a rocket scientist. And it's literally written by 
a rocket scientist. And one of the main things that I loved so much about this book is the idea that uncertainty is incredibly stressful, right? My mom is a motivational speaker, now retired. But for years, I heard my mom say over and over, uncertainty is the leading cause of stress, right? And that's totally freaking true. But this book makes the argument that scientists look at uncertain things with curiosity, right? So they look at the swamp with curiosity to go, oh, that's uncertain. I have no clue what's going to happen in there. Ooh, that's exciting to me. That's enticing to me. That's motivating to me. Let's jump in, right? And so if we if we focus on the fact that this swamp of small business, which is such a beautiful metaphor, um, is, is what we are choosing voluntarily to jump into with both feet, the I think part of the persistence that you're talking about has to be, okay, well, that didn't work. Let's get scrappy. Let's get creative and try something new. And I think when we start these businesses, that's how we see ourselves. I'm scrappy. I'm resilient. I'm smart. I work hard. But then we jump into the swamp and suddenly all of that confidence dissipates and we're like, I'm in a swamp and I'm going to get eaten. Ah! And at that point, you're out there. You have your website. You're doing your social media marketing. Your 30 people that gave a shit are paying attention. So what are you going to do? Are you going to swim? Or are you going to change? Are you going to get out of the pool? Who knows, right? But I love that um, because, you know, by no means, like I love small business. You love small business. We both work with people who are in small business. By no means are we trying to say, oh my God, this is a cesspool of disgustingness. Don't do it. But we are saying like, it's a perilous journey, y'all. Like I call it the great lemuring I have for years because there was this idea of quit your job. You don't need a safety net. If you have $10 to your name and your grandma's ravioli recipe, you're good. And and that's lovely for starting a business, but I still don't think enough people are talking about what you're talking about today, Bryce, which is sustaining a business and finding your successes and then expanding on them. And so, you know, if if you had, I mean, you are, you're on a podcast right now. Hello, Annie. If you were going to speak out across the airwaves to someone who is in the swamp today, what advice would you give them in the swamp? Well, I think the advice that I would give really tackles the core question of why do we give up when we are in the swamp? And it goes back to, frankly, how we measure success. What are we, what are we looking to achieve? And so we've all heard this. We, you know, you hear it from the gurus, you hear it on, you know, pick, pick, pick your YouTuber of choice. And it's like, yeah. set your goals you know, write them down. And I love that. Like I write my goals down every single day, but most, you know, most small businesses, when they're starting out, the goal is very simple. Uh, I need to make six figures in 12 months, for example, or I need to, you know, they, it's a number amount, or I need to, um, I don't know, have a hundred clients by the end of 2020. Right. And then 2020 shows up and it doesn't happen that way. <laughs> You know, and you and so we you feel like a failure. You start to feel like a failure. And so my advice would be don't like, yes, have your goals and know where you're going, because without a roadmap, you're never going to get there. But find successes along the way that are not on or off, that are not yes or no. You know, go into a business call saying my goal is to learn as much as I can 
about this person. Go into uh, a meeting and say, my goal is to become better at what I do. Uh, Go to market saying, I've never done marketing before. And so if I launch a campaign, doesn't matter if nobody converts or clicks on it. If I learn how to launch a campaign, it is success. Yeah. And when you start doing that, it no longer becomes, did you hit a revenue goal, which they're important and you should have them, but focus incrementally on the, the, the process. Because that's really how we need to redefine entrepreneurship and small business ownership. When we think about entrepreneurship, so many of us think about, I own a business. And that's faulty logic to begin with, because businesses very simply are collections of people and processes that move towards a desired end. Focus on your process. Get better every day. Don't worry about the big goal minute by minute. Get better every day and pick intermittent, intermediate goals. I absolutely love that. And I have to ask you a very strange question now. Oh, I'm so excited. Which is, what in the hell does Gilgamesh and Persistence and the rest of it have to do with America's favorite jam band, the Dave Matthews Band? So I remember where I was the first time I heard Dave Matthews. (laughs) And... And I was in the, um, like, really heard it. I had probably heard him on the radio before, Did you hear but... one song or did you hear, like, a chunk? It was like the the dam, the dike, mm-hmm. had was backing up. And, and it, there was a crack and there was a fissure. And so I remember that moment when the water started trickling through. And then, <laughs> then the dam broke. And it was, like, all-consuming. And this was a high school experience for me. Uh, first time I really heard Dave Matthews really listen, like, with open ears, uh, I was in high school, uh, probably 11th grade. And all the popular kids had just gotten turned on to Dave Matthews. And I was not, by the way, one of the popular kids. And so these people who in many ways um, terrorized and brutalized my high school experience were now turned on to this guy. (laughs) And he was so awesome. And that's all we heard. Everybody was like sitting in the high school, the senior student lounge, like vamping on I don't know, ants marching, right, on their on, <laughs> on our collective guitar, right? Um, yep. And I hated it just by association of who liked it. I hated Dave Matthews. Uh, and for years, every time it would come on the radio, uh, this is back in the day before, <laughs> before you know, our phones were the radio. It's the radio. No, I'm kidding. I'm not going there. <laughs> but every time, you know, I'd hear it on the radio, I'd change the channel. If I was in a store and I'd hear it, I'd cringe, right? I just yeah. like Dave Matthews was such a bad experience for me. And yet over time, I heard more and more Dave Matthews. And I found myself hearing, you know, I'd hear a song and I'd turn to the people around me and go, I like this. Who is this? Oh, no. Dave Matthews. And I'd go, ah, no. Oh, no. It can't be Dave Matthews because I hate Dave Matthews. Like, oh, He's no. Bad. I have to He's change a... my thinking about this. Yeah. Damn, man. Right. And over time, you know, through consistent, persistent effort, Dave Matthews and, and his and his band um, won me over. Where now, le- legitimately, he's one of the three bands uh, that I listen to consistently. Um, and... <laughs> it just really is that continue to show up and 
put out great work. Now, Dave Matthews, by the way, does not know about me, does not care about my, you know, does not know that. This episode may change that. (laughs) This episode may put us both on the map, on the Dave Matthews map. On the map. (laughs) Well, he is not creating content to win me over. He was not trying to woo me. He's not, he's not like, you know what? He's in the studio and he's like, you know what? We need to put out a new single because Bryce still doesn't like us. Because <laughs> Bryce heard me in Target and threw a fit. Oh, right. New album. Yeah. Didn't happen that way. But he continued with to, to work hard at the thing that he's most passionate about. To drive hard in the areas that motivate him and excite him and put out great work regardless of who is listening. Mm-hmm. And as a result, he is, he has converted me over and his lasting legacy, which jam bands don't generally make it. No. And to say that Dave Matthews band um, has anything less than a remarkable staying power would be a mistake because they do have staying power. I mean, they literally dumped a tour bus of shit on Chicagoans on the river and they're still around. They literally covered people in poo and survived that incident. How many bands do you know can douse someone in feces and it doesn't even make a dent? Chicagoans now celebrate this day as the day that the Dave Matthews tour bus dumped a bunch of poop on a bunch of tourists in the Chicago River. You can look it up. It's somewhat like revered here. But, you know, I I had a similar start to Dave Matthews in that for me, I remember my six CD changer in my car. Oh, man, I didn't have one in my car. I'm so jealous. I was V fancy. But, you know, that was my kind of foray. As I told you in our little pre-chat, my first boyfriend's AIM screen name was Marching Ant 7. And everything in St. Louis, where I'm originally from, has this, like, bloodlust for Dave Matthews. It's just, it's a thing that gets passed on through the ages. It's like your big sister or big brother in high school is like, here's everything you need to know about being in high school. And also, here's a copy of Under the Table and Dreaming. And you're like, why, 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 uh? But you know what? I still know every single word to every single song on those albums a year later. And now when I hear them and I'm in Target, I stop and I'm like, oh yeah, this is a good jam. Like, all right, Dave. But I think another thing that has to be said about the Dave Matthews band is about Dave Matthews' ability to bring in stellar musicians and teammates to back him up. I mean, Carter Beaufort is an unbelievable phenomenon of drumming and and that's one of the things that's so immersive about like if you go to a dmb show it makes total sense because it really is transportative because the caliber of the individual musicians melding together makes such a gorgeous experience that then he can you know do his mumble poetry on top of it and it works i mean that's what it is come it is. on no, i know it come totally on. is I, it totally is no, you you bring up another point, and it's probably candidly a conversation for another time because there's so much here to unpack. But bottom line is, if you have any, like, the reason you start a business is because you're passionate about something, passionate enough to take a risk and start doing, do like taking away that safety net and putting yourself out there in a way that most people won't or don't. 
And there's something to be said for that. And so my personal opinion is if you're going to do that, make it count, make it really count and grow the thing so that you cannot be denied. You will not be ignored. And if you're going to do that, you have to, at some point, bring along collaborators who add fuel to the fire. And that is a whole ball of wax. Yeah. Um, It's where I believe we've all heard the statistic, you know, 80% of businesses fail within the first, you know, blah, blah, blah. We've all heard this. I believe it's for two reasons. And we've touched on both of them today. One's the persistence. You're just not, you're not going, you don't believe it enough to really go after it. And two is when you do bring people on, you're bringing on the wrong people because you don't have a framework on how to do that well. Yeah. It's tough. And by the way, to anybody who's listening to this, you're on a rocky road. Get used to that. And it's not going to get easier as you go. We think that it's going to get easier. Oh, if I just hit my revenue goal, it'll get easier. No, it won't. It only gets harder. The problems change, but it gets harder, more complicated. You go deeper into the swamp. Where this is really, this is really where um, it's so critical to surround yourself with coaches and mentors and colleagues and collaborators and masterminds and get yourself plugged into a community of people who are really going after it, like you are, not people who yes. say they're going after it. Yes, people who are going after it, like other denizens of the swamp. There you go. You can't that, like. I mean, that's got to be it. It really has to be it. In that. You need people around you who are going to support you, obviously. That's critical. Support is essential. You need people that are going to push you, but you also need people that are going to be totally lovingly impartial and be like, I see this, 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 and this, and I recommend this, 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 and this, and they just give it to you straight. You know, they're not demonizing what you're doing, and they're also not blowing a bunch of smoke up your butt, but they're saying, like, hey, I care about your success. I care about your business. You have a blind sight. You know, you have a blind spot, which is this thing. And you need to fix that. Everybody needs that because we can't do this alone. Dave Matthews without the band. He, uh, he tried that. He tried that. And and we did, did it, didn't, it didn't stick. Yeah. You know, what's amazing is that in my devotion, I just skipped right, right over that. Phase because well, you know, no, Steve Matthews without the band is just Dave Matthews. Yeah, he's it, not DMB. He's just DM. It's. I've heard people say for years and years. You know, detractors, the the <laughs> heathens who who despise the the church of <laughs> of, of Dave <laughs> Church of Fire Dancers. <laughs> yes. Now I've heard people say, you know, he's like, I get it, I get the allure, but he's not that great as a musician. And you know what? When you hear him play solo, Dave, I'm sorry, I love you, but it is your ability to build a band that mm-hmm. works seamlessly together that is the source of your power. And I think we know that. Like deep down, we all kind of know that. So this is really about who's on your team that you can build with and how hard are you actually willing to go for it? And if you can answer those two questions well then you will have a thriving, flourishing business. And by the way, it won't stay small for very long. No, it won't. Because you will start to build your rabid fan base of people that won't care if you accidentally dump poop on Taurus. Although that is ill-advised. I mean, for for Mother Earth's sake and our beautiful waterways, don't do it. 
Or at least, like, if you do do it, do it somewhere other than Chicago. We've already had that. I'm kidding. That's terrible. If you were going to tattoo one Dave Matthews lyric on your neck. On my neck? On your neck. I mean, we are jumping into the swamp. We are not doing invisible tattoos. We're not doing white ink. We're not doing it on the ribs. As I sit here with my white ink tattoo and my rib tattoo. No, no, no. We are going big. We are jumping in the swamp. What lyric would you tattoo on your neck if you were going to get a Dave Matthews neck tattoo? All right. So this is hard for me to answer because I don't have any tattoos and I've always wanted one. But I'm just <laughs> frankly too chick- too chicken shit to go and get one. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I have a folder that I've kept since I was 12 years old of sketches of things that might be great tattoos that I I, I don't have. And at this point, I'm not sure it's even worth it, but <laughs> I will play your game. I will play your yeah, game. Play the game. One of the Dave Matthews songs that really speaks to me is it has a, t- I don't understand the name. It's a terrible name. It's called Samurai Cop. It's a terrible name for a song. <laughs> it's not about, it's not about a samurai. It's not about a cop. I don't understand it. <laughs> samurai Cop is neither about samurais nor cops. <laughs> <Discuss>. <laughs> It's it's literally true. But one of the lines in the song, it's a full stanza. So um, I'll just read you the full stanza. Good thing you have a long neck. I, I won't. The whole tattoo wouldn't be this. Be, I'll, I'll tell you what it <laughs> um, the, the chorus is, let's not forget these early days. Remember that we began the same. We lose our way in fear and pain. Oh, joy, begin. Ooh. And so if I was going to get a tattoo on my neck, it would be Oh Joy Begin. And it That is extremely well chosen. It's just just for me it speaks to thank you by the way. It just speaks to this idea of you have a choice minute by minute to choose to begin joy to step into a space of designing the life that you want the outcome that you want, the legacy that you desire to leave, the fear and pain, that's cost of admission. We all experience it, but you have the choice to begin the joy. So that would be mine. Bryce, you're the best. You're my bud and I love you, but I knew that we would have so much fun sitting down today. Uh, Shout out to everyone who was instrumental in both of our uh, separate journeys through the Dave Matthews Band uh, discography. <laughs> and uh, shout out to all of those unfortunate tourists who got covered in poop. Bryce, what's the best way for people who are listening, including Dave Matthews, to get in touch with you? Yeah, so Dave, have your people call my people. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, honestly, you can find me on LinkedIn. I'm pretty active on, on LinkedIn. Um, that's the quickest way if you're looking for a personal connect or you just want to have hangouts or virtual cocktails i'm big on that i I don't care who you are i will drink with you via zoom i am so down um professionally if you're looking to figure out what it is exactly that we do and how we can help you grow your organization your business businesses thrive on sales you need sales you need to be thinking about sales differently um we pick up where Annie leaves off. I want to be very clear about that. Annie works really uh, does an amazing job coaching the small businesses to get the wheel going. And once that flywheel is spinning and you need to expand, that's where we can take take over and step in. 
Uh, and that's through our work at the Narrative Advantage. So hit us up on narrativeadvantage.com. I love that. All right, everybody. I will be back in just a second with my final thought and today's homework. Well, hey there, listeners. So I have just confirmed that somehow, defying all logic and neuroscience, I still know every single lyric of Dave Matthews' band Under the Table and Dreaming album, which first came out in 1994, when I was 10. I never considered myself a super fan, although you would be hard-pressed to find a better pairing than cruising a Missouri country lane with a crisp fall breeze blasting DMB. I can see myself at 11, 16, 20, 26, and now 36, delighting in the poetic lyrics, thunderous drums and horns and harmonicas and just all of it. The whole thing. The circumstances change, but my response to the music does not. If anything, it evolves. It deepens. But in order to embed in my soul's Walkman and stay there, Dave needed the band. He needed that whole package, the fills and the solos and the all-out jams that feel like they'll last all night long at concerts. When are they going to play the next verse? Screw it. Who cares? Just keep on dancing. If Dave had been a slam poet or an acoustic singer-songwriter, whispering dancing Nancys in sleepy coffee bars, it might be lovely but it certainly would not be as powerful. Your homework this week is to take a close look at who's backing you up. Even if you're a one-person shop, you may very well be the Dave, the frontman, the visionary. But without the proper people amplifying what makes you you, you run the risk of blending in with all the other solo acts. Is it time for you to collaborate with a brand that beautifully aligns with yours? Are your affiliates, your super fans, your past clients fully activated to support you? Have you showcased the partners and helpers behind the scenes? If so, great. The only thing left to do now is bring those minds together and jam. Too Legitimate to Quit is brought to you by the non Sleazy Sales Academy and me, your host, Annie P. Ruggles. If you struggle to sell, because you don't know how to put a price on all that goodness in you and you don't like the way that your competitors do it, I have great news for you. You can find my free challenge, Making Selling Easy Without Getting Sleazy, anytime at www.anniepruggles.com easy, not sleazy. Our show is edited and produced by Andrew Sims of Hypable. Our fabulous theme tune is by Riley Horbacio, who I found on Fiverr. Our gorgeous podcast art is by Francois Vigneault, who I found on Upwork. And our marketing team is led by the unbelievably life-saving Nick Bonitatibus. Don't forget to check today's show notes for more information about our fabulous guests, plus some continuing resources and some Etsy finds from other super fans of today's topic. All pop culture elements mentioned in this episode remain the sole intellectual property of their respective owners. I do not own them, so please don't sue me. 